Amen. It's pretty incredible. You get a glimpse what I'll start in about, uh, let's see, what time is 1043, right? Yeah, I'll start at 1055 down there. Wow. Well, this morning we are continuing about hearing whispers from God. That was a whisper. When uh, Hannah decided to go to my alma mater, I was quite thrilled. I sat on the hill and I overlooked. And I looked down at the dorm where I met Jesus on a winter night. I asked the Lord that day, I said, God, would you give me a ministry back to this campus somehow, some way? First year was kind of silent. The next year I continued to whisper and I, or I continued to pray to God and I was listening and listening and he began to talk to me about video venues and they were happening all over the country. I still didn't really voice it. And then about 15 or 20 students came up one Sunday morning to worship with us here and they asked me, they said, would you be our, would you be our pastor? Would you teach? We'll create the worship team, but we want to reach our contemporaries. You, you saw the theater there packed with students. Some coming to know Jesus, some just loving him more than they did. They came out of churches all across the country, but a whisper. That's what it was. Just a little whisper. You never know what a whisper will do, do you? God will whisper to you. And just this week, somebody said, you know, I, I've been practicing that whisper thing. I, and, and it's so funny. I can tell this is kind of strange to some people because when I talk about the whispers of God, they'll go, Pastor, I think I heard a whisper. I'm trying to practice this whisper thing. But you know what? I, I told the prayer team today, if we could just lower the ambient noises of our life and begin to listen to God, it'd be amaz- we would be amazed how many times he would whisper. See, my prayer is that some people have been hearing whispers from heaven this past week that maybe didn't hear them the week or the months or the years ahead before them. But let's listen to the whispers of God. He whispered to Moses. He whispered to Elijah. I'm sure he whispered to David a lot. He whispered yesterday. He whispers today. And I believe he'll be whispering throughout all eternity. And the body of Christ said, Amen. Amen. Matter of fact, let me read this to you. I wasn't going to read it, but it's... uh, I'll tell you what, I'll read it at the end. Get your outline. I want you to follow me because we've got some territory we want to cover about hearing the whispers of God. In the Gospel of Mark, the ninth chapter, the seventh verse, the Father says, This is my Son whom I love. Listen to him. I've always loved that passage because the father was so in love with the son and he knew his, his ministry here on earth and he was telling them in that day, he was telling us today, this is the son, this is Jesus. He is the one, the alpha and the omega. He's the resurrected one. He is worthy for all to bow and all to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Listen to him and you'll be blessed. You know, we listen to a lot of voices, we listen to a lot of commentators, we listen to a lot of naysayers, but I'm asking us, do we listen to the whispers of God? God is not bound in a moment, for He is is eternity, He is eternal, He's in all time, He, He is in the past, He is in the present, He is in the future, and God wants us to listen. Now, I want to review this with you real quick, we talked about five key filters last week. Number one. You can go back and listen on the web if somehow you missed it. But here it is. Ask God if the prompting you, you received is truly from Him. Just God, that's a filter I want to run my life through, those whispers from heaven. God, is this from you? Secondly, ask if the whisper aligns, if it gets congruent with Scripture, or is it something uh, 
faulty, then it wouldn't be from God. Third, ask if the whisper is wise because God is wisdom and he will give wise whispers. Fourth, ask if it is in tune with the character of your life or the wiring, the way that God has made you because God will do that. And the fifth is, ask what those you most trust think of the whisper you have heard because they will allow you, they'll be a confidant and they'll listen to you and they'll help you affirm what you're doing. And you can begin to walk out as you hear the whispers of God. Well, today we jump into a whole new area about the divine input of heaven, about somehow learning to hear these whispers. I think whispers come in church. I think whispers come in the foyer. I think whispers come at the coffee bar. I think whispers come at the ball field. I think whispers come in the car. I think whispers come when you lie down in your bed and when you wake up and when you kneel beside your bed. Whispers know no boundaries. But are you listening? Do you have ears to hear and eyes to see the things of the kingdom of God? It is an invisible kingdom. It is an eternal kingdom. It is an unshakable kingdom. And God chooses to speak. You know, here's some divine uh, input that I think. There, when I say whispers, I, write down this. I want, I want to see if you understand it. They're, they're nudges. They're impressions from heaven. That's what a whisper is. It's a nudge. It's a prompting that you feel compelled. You feel led to do something. And then you begin to run it through the filters that I delineated there as I began, as I preached on last weekend, a little more in depth. But God, would you speak? Uh, Bill Hybels has done an amazing job in this book and this whole video series if you want to purchase that. But I just encourage you that I'm praying that across the Willow Creek churches, all 12,000 plus of them, but I pray greater than the churches in the Willow Creek Association, that churches across the world would hear the whispers of God. As I go to Africa tomorrow, I will meet some children that some people are sponsoring from all across the globe. I'll meet some children that don't need sponsors. And some will have already responded and some more will respond because they hear a whisper because Jesus says, bring the children unto me. Do not hinder the kingdom from these little kids. So here's, here's a, a number one. Let's fill it in. Question one. God, or the thing, number one. God speaks through the whispers of action. God is an active, not passive God, and he wants to you and I to take steps. They're, they're action steps. I, I like that when I go to a conference or I do something like, what is the step of action that I need to take? How do I implement that which I've heard? But greater than that, how do I begin to follow through on what God is saying to my spirit man? And I ask you, how do you follow through on what God tells you? Do you just sit on it? Do you just entertain it? Do you just dismiss it? Or do you follow it? Do you follow that inner nudging? Let me give you some practical things and see if these will speak to you and maybe you can begin to listen. God begins to give you an impression to make a call. There's someone that you need to call and you need to do it quickly. You follow through. God impresses someone to write a note. And you sit down and you write a note. Let me tell you, I was in Troy on Friday. We went down to uh, take care of some businesses. And as Don and I were down there, there was a lady that had written me just several weeks ago about the ministry of momentum. It's for college students, but we have adults that are now coming. And this lady is a missionary to Alaska. And she has been refreshed and recharged through the ministry of these college students. And it was the neatest thing. We were sitting there and looked up and, 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 and Hannah goes, hey, that's, that's that lady that wrote you. 
Now, what's the chance that you're going, well, Troy's not real big. Well, you're right about that. I'll give you that. But it's amazing. Every time I go into this particular restaurant, I always run into somebody, and we seem to have a divine appointment. Things just kind of connected. So, But you know what she did? She took time to write me a letter to let me know how she valued this church. She thanked you for being a church that was ascending church. And God's people said, amen. You were a part of that. You're encouraging somebody that is a minister of the gospel, and they needed encouragement. Uh, here it is. You need to engage a neighbor. God is prompting you, leading you to take an active step that you're to do something with your neighbor, to do something for your neighbor. You're to cook a meal. You're to cut a tree. You're to cut the grass. You're to paint their house. You're to replace their windows. You're to uh, baby, babysit their kids. That couldn't be from God. But there's something you got. you need to do, you've got to do. And you know what? I've learned I have the ability. Okay. I have the ability to dismiss a nudging from heaven. Does anybody else have the ability to dismiss heaven's voice? We do. And we're not the greater person because we miss God because God has something profound that he wants to say to people. And he'll use it or there's a note of encouragement or there's a prompting to do something where God would be honored. And we just walk away. There's one word commands. Here they are. Go. Stop. Wait. Pause. Surrender. Yield. Have I got anybody yet? I hear them all the time. Look away. Worship. Integrity. Honor. Submit. Bless. You're saying... You mean God just speaks one word to you? You know, look what he's working with, you know? One word's work for me. And I'm looking at you and you're like, okay. Um, how, how, many, how many of you, it's okay if you hear one word from heaven? Just one word. Is that okay with anybody? Some of y'all are in trouble. You ain't raising your hand like, no, I want paragraphs and sentences. Well, are you going to do it? Because I find one word is difficult. Go, stop, move. Do whatever. There's relational actions. There's financial actions. There, there's spiritual actions. But God whispers and he, and he speaks to these whispers of action all the time to Christ followers. First John 3.18. Write, write this reference down. Maybe you'll refer back to it. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be active Christ followers. People that don't just talk about the word. We do the word. We live the word. And there's a, a section, I can't read it all, but I want you to look here. It's on your outline. It's Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 22. And if you look there in this section, it's, it's God's covenant with Noah. Now, I love old man Noah, and Noah was a great man. Noah was a man that, that loved God, that, that followed God, that wanted to do what God wanted uh, him to do. But many miss what Noah uh, was to do. But he didn't miss. He, he heard God because God told him to do something that nobody had ever done before. You know, as I was reading through this and I was looking at some different translations, in the Living Bible, it says, because the Bible talks about they had inclinations, propensities to do evil and wickedness in sight of the Lord. But in the Living Bible, it says this, man was rotten to the core. 
A little play on words there, isn't it? And we are. We're, we're just inherently evil, sinful, that need, have an Adamic nature that needs to be redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. But as we look at this, but Noah found favor in the sight of God, and he was righteous. And for a hundred years, he built the ark. He labored at this thing that God had told him to do. Now you're saying, well, what's the big deal? It is a huge deal because it hadn't been raining. They hadn't had floods. He was building this thing. His kids, his wife, everybody thought he was crazy. I mean, when you do something that looks a little contrary to society, people go, ah, you know them. They're just religious. You know them. They're just, they're a little odd anyway. But Jesus says you're to be a peculiar people in this generation. And the church said, you're saying, well, that's why I'm peculiar. Okay, maybe you figured it out. Okay. But he says, I have something to do for you to do, Noah. I want you to build an ark. And in verse 22, uh, look at chapter 6. Look down there at verse 22. I want you to see this. This is, this is a... No wonder I couldn't find this. I, I got it all marked off. Look at 622. I love this. It says, Noah did some of the things just as God commanded him. Not what it says. See, some of you should bring your Bibles. Because I just told a lie. Let me read it again. It says, Noah did everything just as God had commanded him. He didn't do some of it. He didn't do part of it. He fully obeyed God. He obeyed the action of God. He obeyed the prompting of God to build an ark. And because of the ark, only eight people were saved. But how many of you are glad that eight people were saved? Hello? Are you not enjoying life? If those eight weren't saved, we wouldn't be here today. God would have just wiped out the planet and said, hey, that, that's it. And I, I got another plan. I, I'll do something else. I'll go to another, another planet. Just a thought. I don't know. D- don't write me letters. I don't know. But Noah heard from God, and here's what I want you to hear. Noah heard from God, and so can you and I this morning. If we're righteous, if we seek to please the Lord, we can hear from heaven. Question one, is God calling you to build something today? Is God calling you to build something? I, I can't answer that for you. Your husband or your wife or your mom or your dad or your cousin or your employer or your friend or your enemy, they can't answer it for you. Primary ways that God helps us accomplish these actions is by imparting whispers of action. So just ask God. Be in, in a state that you always ask him, God, do you have something for me to do? God, is there something you want me to build? God, is there something you want me to build quickly or in my lifetime? Or you want me to start something? I shared last weekend, but I, I remember about building a church. Building a church that Jesus would build, that the gates of hell that would not prevail upon the church of Jesus Christ. I want you to build something. God told me to write something. Next weekend is the culmination of a dream for me. For two decades, I've been asked to write and write. I finally have written. I'm not important, but I have an ISBN number. It makes me feel special. I have a book. I got the sample copy this week. I've read it multiple times already. I'm editing. Cheryl's reading it. Donna's reading it. You know, next weekend they'll be here. Can Donna and I just tell you, all the profits from this book go to Beyond the Walls. So I hope you'll buy it. I hope you'll buy them for Christmas gifts. You're like, a pastor wants to get rich. No, I want to build God's house. And the church said, so that's, that's it. That's just, it's just part of our contribution. God's given me the ability to communicate. And I think I'm a better communicator than a writer. But in this book, I said, God, You've asked me to write, so I'm writing. Now I'm asking God, I give it back to you. So Lord, glorify your name. I won't even tell you how many I've asked him to to sell, because it's his book. 
But there are a lot of them, so you need to buy some. And I hope you'll be encouraged. And I hope you'll, I hope, I hope it'll bless you. But I want you to know, I don't get anything from it. God's house gets built. Children come to know Jesus Christ. Teenagers have a place to hang. Adults have a place to go listen to the word of God. Amen. That's all I want to do with it. So if you ever want to know, is our pastor self-serving? No. I'm going to serve the, the, the things of my king. Secondly, God speaks through the whisper of admonition. Now, this is not a whisper I like. I like action whispers. I love to build stuff. I love to do stuff. I love to dream. But an admonishment, you know, you're saying, well, what does admonish mean? It means to reprove gently but earnestly. It means to correct someone. It means to express warning. They're doing something wrong. Some of you have the gift of admonishment. It's not necessarily a spiritual gift, but it's a thing that we do use, that we, we help, we encourage, we, we build up. So in this whisper of, of admonition, God speaks to these prayers. There's, their Bible says they're love-filled rebukes. Write that thought down. I hope we'll all get that in our spirit. They're love-filled, love-fueled rebukes. They're love-centric. They love the other one. They want the other one to be more than they are. And if we as a body of faith would begin to listen to the whispers of admonition when God gives us one, it's amazing. God would maybe say, I don't want you to do this. I want you to do that. In Matthew chapter 16, turn there with me. Matthew chapter 16. It's over in uh, uh, verse 21. Let's, let's turn there together. Matthew 16, 21 and following. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Thank you, God. But Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. He began to rebuke the Lord. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. See, he wanted Jesus to have this eternal or this uh, military kingdom. He wanted him to, uh, can I be so crude? He wanted him to kick butt. He wanted him to rule. He wanted him to overcome. He didn't want him to have this kingdom he set up and he was going to suffer. And, but in verse 23, I find it amazing. Jesus turns and says to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me, and you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. He knew he was a, he was a problem. He wasn't going to, you know, this is the great Peter, but at this point, he's not the great Peter. He's, he's standing in the way of progress. He's standing in the way of eternal things happening. And there's this turning, there's, there's this, Jesus said in Isaiah 53, I am the suffering servant. All through the Old Testament, Jesus is prophesied. And he's prophesied as a, as a suffering one. And in the New Testament, he tells him, I must suffer, and I must suffer unto death. And, and, and he gives us life. And, and then I'm thinking, so, and, and then the Apostle Paul says, and I might know Christ, and I might know the power of his resurrection, but you got to read on. And it says, and somehow know the fellowship of his suffering. See, to be like Christ is to suffer. Can you say that with me? To be like Christ is to suffer. See, I, I don't like when people don't teach the whole book. Oh, just fellowship. I, I love fellowship. I, I wish we just sat around the coffee bar and had covered dishes all the time and had plenty of money and just sit around and sing Kumbaya and had people play and everybody happy and the life is good. But that ain't the way it's going to be. Life's hard, isn't it? But life is good. And when Christ is a sinner, he allows us to worship him and to praise him. And, and so he lets us fellowship. But I want to give a word because these are some things that are going to help some people today. Are we listening to the whispers? Because when we listen to whispers of admonition, when God admonishes us, it changes us. I've certainly had my share of admonishment from heaven. Whispers of things that I shouldn't do, things I should do, those whispers of action. So begin to get in tune. 
It says this. I, I like this. It says, God cannot be seen by spiritual eyes that are shut. God cannot be heard by spiritual ears that are plugged. God cannot be followed by a heart that stubbornly strays hard. When we drift, we move away from the Father. So I pray that we hear these whispers or quick question two. What words of admonition must God be trying to whisper to you now? That's real practical. I think today even God's whispering a prayer, a whisper of admonition. And some of you are being admonished by the Holy One. Now God can go to great lengths to get your attention, young people and old. But when we choose to yield to this, we, we find a quicker way, a better way. Maybe we don't have to suffer as much. And, and that's always good. But some people, do, you know, do I have any hard-headed people in the room? Oh, that was so bold. She held her hand up. I wasn't. Oh, bless you. You're just stretching. I thought, man, you're raising both hands up. Yeah, we need to stop this service right now. I have prayer for you. Hard-headed. That's what your mama told me. No, I don't know. Here we go. Okay, so God will not stop refining until transformation's work is complete. Isn't that good news? Until you are transformed, conformed to the image of Christ, God won't give up on whispers of admonition. But let's move to the third one. God speaks through the whispers of assurance. And I certainly love these whispers. Where God assures me of his presence. Where God assures me of his love. Of God, where God assures me of, of the value. When I focus on the presence of Christ and the reality of God in my life, Him working in me, God assures me. In 2 Kings, I want you to turn there. This is just amazing. You probably haven't read this story in a long time. Maybe, maybe you've never read it. But 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 37. Now, I'm not going to read all this to you, but I'm giving you biblical references so you can go and you begin to look at this on your own and begin to study more and dig through it and say, God, what are you saying to your church? What are you saying to me? But this great woman, she entertained Elisha, and Elisha follows the company of Elijah. Elisha was a great prophet, and uh, he certainly appreciated the, the home of the Shulamite woman because she had offered hospitality. She'd opened up her home many times. And so uh, Elisha, being a, a, a gentle, humble prophet, says, I certainly want to bless you. I want to do something for you. And he, he asked the question, he says, what can be done for you? Is there something you need? Is there something that needs to be done? What, what can be done for you? Well, it says, well, I have no son and my husband is old. Well, that, that's kind of funny when you think about my, my husband is old, my husband is whatever. But it says, so she, she wants to go. So she, later on she goes, well, I'm going to go to this man of God. I, I want to hear from him. And she's in bitter distress. She's, she's broken down. She's broken hearted. She's heavy for the Lord. And here's what the servant says. It says, lay the staff because she ends up having a boy, but when the boy gets grown, the boy dies. And so she goes and she's broken and she's like, what am I going to do? And says, lay the staff on the boy's face. Just lay it there. And, and she's thinking, well, my boy's, he's dead, but maybe he's going to get up. I've heard about the great God. So maybe he can do that. And the boy doesn't do anything. He's just, he's just dead. And, and she's just, you know, stressed out. And Elisha came, comes by. And Elisha goes into the house and he goes into the upper room or wherever they are and he, he closed the door and he goes in and he prays. Now, I didn't necessarily know sneezing was spiritual, but you know what the Bible says? The boy did what? Sneezed seven times. I would say that boy's alive. What would you say? I mean, the boy, I mean, y'all, let's just look at it. If I went over to your house today and said, Pastor, Joe's dead. Okay. Put a staff on his face. All right, well, whatever, he's still dead. 
And then I go in a little later, and there's a prophet goes in there and prays, and, and the boy sneezes. Do you think he'd get anybody's attention? I mean, it would. And a lot of times we, we read these great miracles, and, and maybe God chooses to do them a little different today, but, man, our God is alive, and, and he's whispering to us, and he's speaking to his church, and he, and he, but he gives a, an assurance to this woman that he is with her and that he cares for her. And God brings this woman's boy back. Do you think that was good news? You ever lost a son? You ever lost a daughter? You ever lost a parent? You ever lost a friend? Sure, it's amazing news. And here's the God that brings assurances. But I want, to, I want you to see this third question. What whispers of assurance do you need to hear today? You're saying, well, my son and my daughter's not dead. Or this is not broke, but this is the prayer that I need to hear. So I just wrote down some things. I thought maybe this will help somebody. Somebody write down some of these or one of them that helps you. I think God begins to whisper assurances. And here's some that I've heard in my life. You have a future and a hope. It comes from the prophet Jeremiah and just this week, I was remembering that I have a future and a hope, and I, I love that. Here's a great one. Hybels writes about it in his book, and I remember hearing things like this years ago in my own life. You are a treasured child of the Most High God. Does anybody ever want to hear a whisper like that from heaven? You're a treasured child of God. I mean, that's a great whisper. Here's one that I got in 1997. Um, my father had passed away in, actually, I guess it was earlier than that. My father had passed away in 1994. And when my mom and dad being dead, I was fatherless. And I remember the day that the Lord spoke to me, I will be a father to the fatherless. And I said, I've got a heavenly papa. And I just leaned in on him. Oh, there's so many times because my father's been dead for so many years. There's so many times I wanted to share with him what was going on in my life. I wanted to go to him to have wisdom imparted in my life. I wanted to have a conversation. And you know that your mom or your dad or that grandfather or grandmother that you go to and, and they're precious. And then they're not there. But man, isn't it great that we have a God that will give you assurance that he hears you and that he's with you? Does that encourage anybody today? Man, it did me that, hey, I will be with you. Here's another one I heard. You will overcome that sin that hinders you. Wow. Here's another one. You belong to me. You're accepted in the beloved. Here's another one. You will be clothed with power from on high. I've heard all these whispers from heaven, all these assurances. And actually, I've actually found them in the Bible. But, you know, God just kind of gives me part of the verses. And I'm just like, God, this is amazing. The losses we face in this life do not change who God is. Is that a good thought? Write it down. The losses that you and I face in this life will never change who God is. God is a great God. God is eternal. God is secure. So when we hear his whisper, um, we get restored. Henry Nouwen, a guy that I remember reading in seminary, he said this, Jesus' life was the life of obedience. He was always listening to the Father, always attentive to his voice, always alert for his direction. Jesus was all ear. All ear. He listens. But I wonder, do you and I listen? Do we have a hard time? Just today I was reading this passage that I almost began with, and I want to read it now, and uh, then I want us to close out our time together. I want you to hear Psalm 29. This is about the voice of God. It's a little louder than a whisper, but it's the voice. In the 29th Psalm, the third verse, it says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. 
The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, soaring like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord's voice. You know, these are the two weeks that I've just tried to get your attention about uh, the sacred sounds, the sacred echoes of heaven. Are you listening? Um, I've done two weeks on this and I could do several more, but it's only a three-week series. And next weekend, you're, really, you're going to have a real treat. Dr. John Mark is going to come and finish this series, and I hope you'll be here. But I hope, uh, that's right, but I hope you'll listen to the word of the Lord. And I hope you'll listen to the whispers of heaven. Have your ears open. Let's pray. Father, how good it is to be in your house today. And Lord, we love you so much. And I pray that we would hear the whispers. I pray that these impressions, these promptings, this divine guidance input would come clear. And we would hear clearly that we would not be distracted by the things of this world or the noise, but we would hear heaven. We'd hear you, Jesus, that you, the shepherd, would speak to the sheep. I pray today, if you're not in Christ, maybe you would cry out to Jesus today and say, Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. Save me where I sit. Or Lord Jesus, would you be the Lord of my life? Would you form me and make me like you? I surrender. Or Lord, would you give me ears to hear and feet to follow? I don't know, but those are just one of the prayers that I'm praying for you to hear the voice of God. Jeff, what are we going to sing this morning? Have you decided how great? You know what? That's what I sent. I sensed I had a whisper on that, and I'm glad you got it. Did y'all hear that? We're going to close out today. How great is our God? Everybody stand to your feet. This is a great song of hope and worship about how great our God is that he would whisper to us. And how great.